Today's topic is about human rights. Hello my radio friends. Thank you for joining me today for another program in the series Give Me the Bible. In our ever-changing world, it's good to have something solid and unchanging to underpin our lives. The Bible, God's Word, is just that. It's true and reliable. It provides an anchor and a moral standard in our society where values are constantly changing. Above all that, the Bible shows how we can be saved to have eternal life. It tells us about a loving God who was prepared to sacrifice himself to save a lost race, human beings, that is. And it provides a platform for the basics of our existence, human rights. Today, we will consider what the Bible has to say about human rights. I've spent some time during research on where the idea and practice of human rights originated, and the answer was less clear than I anticipated. Various cultural groups in the past established in their societies various rights and freedoms and many of those rights and freedoms have been built upon through the ages. Today, we have a document known as the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. This document was prepared by the United Nations and has been approved by the United Nations General Assembly. It's a good document. And if everybody on planet Earth would abide by the articles in this document, the world would be a much better place. In that document, there are 30 separate articles outlining the rights of human beings, regardless of race, colour, sex, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth, or other status. No distinctions are to be made on the basis of political, jurisdictional, or international status of the country or territory to which the person belongs. While there are groups like the United Nations who have sought to establish human rights for all people, there are dissident groups and individuals who completely ignore the rights of others for the sake of getting wealthy, for the sake of getting power or control, or other selfish reasons. Some examples of these are the Islamic State Organisation, the child prostitution rackets, and the scammers who are prepared to steal from the innocent to line their own pockets. 
disregard for the rights of others has turned this beautiful world into a very ugly and hostile place, making it necessary to be on guard all the time. The Australian government recognises that there are certain places where human rights are often disregarded, where there's danger. The government has a website giving advice of places not to visit. The website is Smart Traveller. And if you're planning to go overseas, it's not a bad idea to visit this website and just see what the Australian government recommends. Of the 169 countries listed, the Australian government advises that there are 14 countries where you should not travel, 14 others where you should reconsider your need to go there, 60 where you have to exercise a high degree of caution, and 79 where you only need to take normal safety precautions. In effect, the Australian government recognises that there are just over 50% of the listed countries in the world where it is not safe to visit and or where human rights are not highly valued. But did you know that the Bible is a book a document, if you like, outlining human rights. While reading the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights articles, I noticed many similarities between what was there and what is in the Bible. So, where did human rights originate? <clears throat> It's very obvious that human rights originated with God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. It was God who made human beings, and with that he gave certain rights and responsibilities. Those rights and responsibilities were initiated by God, and man was required to follow those outlines in order for there to be a harmonious society on planet Earth. In other words, the rights were passed down from a superior being who knew what he was doing. The humanist view is much different. Evolutionists are only able to come up with one plausible reason for human rights, and that is that those rights only exist in order to preserve society. Yet when one considers the survival of the fittest concept pushed by evolutionists, even the stated reason for having human rights at all is swept away because the fittest survive at the expense of the weak. So there is a dichotomy between the modus operandi of evolution and its stated outcomes. And this is one of many reasons why I cannot accept the theory of evolution. 
The Bible, however, speaks of a loving creator. His modus operandi is based on love, and that's a lot different than survival of the fittest. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16 makes a simple but very profound statement. It says, God is love. So everything God says or does springs from what God is. God cannot lie, hate, cheat and so on because that's not his nature. So when God made man, when he created the earth, man was expected to be motivated by love also. Love, in this case, means respect and to treat others with pure motives. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, we read what God said and put in place when human beings were created. He said, Let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. The pinnacle of creation was mankind. But man was given a responsibility to care for the planet and everything on it. With man rested the responsibility of protecting the rights of even animals and, of course, other human beings when they were eventually produced. But did you notice that God made man in his own image? That means that what characterised God should also characterise human beings, that there should be love, honour and respect. In other words, man should deal with the planet as God would. Some people regard the Ten Commandments as a list of rules and regulations. But did you realise that the Ten Commandments is a document outlining human rights, human to human and human to God? The first three of the Ten Commandments outlines human behaviour to God. The fourth commandment outlines human behaviour to both God and man. And the last six of the commandments outlines human behaviour to other humans. It is a declaration of rights. The wisdom of the Bible is outstanding. Of course, that's no wonder because God inspired people to write the books of the Bible and so the wisdom is really God's wisdom. And in those sacred pages of God's word, are the statements of human rights. They were there thousands of years before the United Nations released their Declaration of Human Rights. There are some people who foolishly say that the Ten Commandments have been done away with. 
when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary. How stupid is that idea? The Ten Commandments is a statement of rights, rights to protect ourselves and to protect others. To say that the Ten Commandments have been thrown out is like saying that the rights that protect society have been removed. Deep down, nobody believes that the rights that protect us have been removed. It is just some cooked-up idea to excuse people from their obligation to keep the seventh-day Sabbath. Yet that very commandment, the fourth one, points out the rights of God as creator, the rights of animals and the environment, and the rights of people, including foreigners. It's no wonder that the Apostle Paul in Romans 6-7 exclaimed this about God's law. He said, Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. If God's law is holy and just and good, there's no reason to remove it. Certainly God has not removed it. The simple fact is that it has never been removed. You can read the Bible from cover to cover, beginning to end, and you will not find anything which says God has removed his law. The Ten Commandments is a statement of rights which still stands today and is the foundation of all good law in society. We'll have a little break now and we'll go on straight afterwards.
Just before the break, I was um, telling you that the Ten Commandments is actually the foundation of good law in society. And if someone tells you that the Ten Commandments have been done away with, don't believe them. The commandments are the very expression of God's character. They are a statement of rights and they will remain one of the characteristics of God's people until the end of time. You need to keep the Ten Commandments as you'll be judged by them. You are not saved by keeping God's laws, but you will be judged by them. The last book of the Bible, Revelation, twice points out what God's end-time people will be like. In chapter 14 and verse 12, and describing God's people, the saints, it says, This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Now, you can't get a much clearer statement than that. Yet, there are ministers in many Protestant churches who tell their congregations that the law has been done away with. Those ministers are telling lies. Do not believe them. Jesus said, Any one who breaks the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And that's found in Matthew 5, verse 18. The most encompassing statement about human rights was expressed by Jesus. We call this statement of rights the golden rule. It says, Do unto others as you would have them do to you. And that's found in the book of Luke, chapter 4 and verse 31. In reality, it is a headline statement of what is found in the Ten Commandments, and it is the basis of all human rights. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Have you ever heard the statement that all men are created equal? That's a summary of what the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights says. But then some bright sparks have added to it and said, all men are created equal, all right, but some are more equal than others. But the Bible maintained the equality of mankind long before the United Nations was ever dreamed about. There are several passages that say the same thing, but I'll read to you from the book of Galatians, chapter 3 and verse 28. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's saying that as far as God is concerned, there are to be no artificial divisions in society. 
Man has made divisions based on nationality, economic status, sex, and other things, but not with God. He made man and woman at creation, and therefore both equally owe their existence to him. If everyone followed the Bible, there would be no wars, no exploitation, no abuse, no cheating, no lying. But, unfortunately, we live in a sin-polluted and dying world where many ignore the rights of others for their own advantage. For many years, there have been people who, because of oppressive conditions in their countries of origin, have escaped from their home countries in order to settle somewhere else where human rights are upheld. These people, of course, are refugees. In the last couple of years, there have been millions of refugees seeking safety in other countries. The sheer volume of people has been a huge social and financial burden on the host countries. The host countries are bound by the Geneva Convention on Refugees and are required to treat refugees with dignity and sympathy. But did you realise that long ago God instructed the Israelite nations nation, I should say, regarding how to treat refugees. In the book of Numbers, chapter 35, are detailed instructions of what must be done. I shall read to you, starting at verse 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into Canaan, Select some towns to be your cities of refuge, to which a person who has killed someone accidentally may flee. They will be places of refuge from the avenger, so that a person accused of murder may not die before he stands trial before the assembly. These six towns you give will be your cities of refuge. Give three on this side of the Jordan and three in Canaan as cities of refuge. These six towns will be a place of refuge for Israelites, aliens, that is, foreigners, and any other people living among them, so that anyone who has killed someone accidentally can flee there. Then, it gives detailed instructions about how a person who has committed an accidental crime may flee to one of these designated cities and be given safe haven until there had been a trial or until the avenger had died or until the high priest had died. The refugee was safe while he remained in the city but should he go outside the city, his human rights as a refugee would not be protected. What an amazing system. 
What an amazing God! And what an amazing book the Bible is! Who would have thought that this old book, the Bible, is so up-to-date? Modern human rights are bound up in and stem from what was given by God multi-hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And that brings us to the main point today. By following the Bible and by doing and believing what it has to say is the recipe that is the guidelines for a happy, holy and healthy life. So if you have a Bible, take it and read it. It'll do you good. It is a book about life. Now if you don't have a Bible and would like to have one, phone the station and mention the offer made on the program, Give Me the Bible, and we will give you a Bible absolutely free of charge. Don't forget to leave the details of your sending address. We must stop, but I hope you'll join me again next week for another program in the series, Give Me the Bible. Until then, I wish you peace and joy and a willingness to base your life on the Bible, the Book of Books. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame How I love that old cross Where the dearest and Despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to die.
Someday for a crown.